Hello and welcome back to Ear Thoughts with me, Kieran. And me, Harry. This week we're going to be talking about everything from our old primary school friends to our dream car and houses. Let's get into it. So, the local news today, well, or well actually yesterday, is that schools went back, right? Yeah. So, schools have gone back all over the country. Whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, I'm not really, I don't really know. But I went for a walk today and I saw a bunch of people who went to school and it made me think to a conversation I was having the night before of, um, I got asked if I could name everybody from my primary school, which was, gosh, how modern that, like 10 years ago? Yeah. So, because... Sadly, somebody I went to primary school with died recently, mm. and that was really upsetting. They died from um, uh, complications with leukemia, so that was quite upsetting. But it made me think that I can't actually remember a lot of the people I went to primary school with. So yeah. I was I was sitting there, and I I knew that. So me and Harry went to the same primary school, and Harry was the year below me. Yeah. yeah? Yeah, yeah, um, so <laughs> I forget how old you are sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but I was sitting there, and I knew that we had, I think, about twenty-five to thirty kids, right? Yeah. I think you have twenty-five to thirty kids in yours. Yeah, I think we usually hit around twenty-eight. I think we're usually close to thirty than uh, twenty-five. So, yeah. So I I knew that we had twenty, like I say, twenty-five to thirty people, and. I think our ratio was about one for every one bloke there were two girls, and that's it's really difficult because in primary school you you're majority mates with blokes, right? If you're a bloke, yeah. So I was sitting there and I was trying to remember all of these people, the the boys I could pretty much do because I played a football with a lot of them and I don't know I was friends with a lot of them so I spent a lot of t- more time with them. But then I got into the girls and I was really struggling, and then. The person I was talking to was like, oh, yeah, what about so-and-so? And I was like, I cannot remember them at all. Yeah. So I was like, I don't know. I just think primary school was such a simpler time, you know? Oh, yeah, massively. Because, like, I'm doing a lot of university work and you're, like, changing jobs. And, the, like, even these, like, futile things bring you a lot of stress. I really actually don't like the um is it the walter glazer test there's a test that you have to do and i it's like certain situations like is this a contradiction or is this whatever i just for some reason i'm quite a smart cookie i just suck at them i just i just get them wrong all the time because to be honest i think the way that the question's worded i just can't really grasp my head around yeah i know what sort of thing you mean i had to do um uh, English skills evaluation for my job, um, and one of one of the questions was, uh, in, insert the correct punctuation into the sentence. Don't move any words. Don't correct anything else. But it didn't tell you how many pieces of punctuation there was, or what it was. So it could have quite you could have quite easily had a full stop where there could have been a semicolon as well, and it didn't give you the answer at the end either. That's a pain, isn't it? Yeah. I think the English language just is is so frustrating sometimes. Like I saw a a TikTok about this 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 sentence, right? And if you emphasize each word in that sentence, the sentence like changes completely. I think it was yeah. like um I didn't kill that dog, right? Yeah. So you say I didn't kill that dog. And then you say something like, I didn't kill that dog. And it's like, it's nuts, right? Because you you change emphasis on one word and the entire entire sentence changes its meaning. It's just another thing that the English language just annoys me with. Yeah, it is a peculiar one how emphasis can affect an entire sentence. Especially when you speak to someone from a different country and they don't quite get how the emphasis works. Yeah, and I think... We have to wear face masks now, which is fine. But 
judging people's reaction to things is actually quite difficult. Yeah, especially if you don't have many reactions to things anyway. Yeah. Like my so, my face doesn't move a lot when I react to something. The re- yeah, the reason I know you're smiling half the time is that your your cheeks will move a bit, right? Yeah. But if you were wearing a mask and I was wearing a mask, I'd have no idea. <laughs> yeah. I could have made a joke and it's just like you were deadpanning it. <laughs> yeah. You're uh, you're very proud of yourself. You think it's the next best joke. Yeah. It's absolutely I mean, awful. I typed that joke in um, our group chat the other day. Yeah. Like, maybe oh, I spent ages right working on that joke, and I spent ages typing it, and it got the nobody cared. <laughs> yeah. I was just there, like, I was there laughing. I thought it was amazing. I thought it was, if I told it in person, I think it'd be more funny. I think we all thought you were a bit wasted because just out of nowhere, about a three-paragraph-long joke came in. Yeah. I wasn't because I don't, I'm not I'm not a big drinker right now. The most I've drank since I don't know Christmas is I had two shots of gin last last Saturday or last Sunday. I can, like nothing. <laughs> yeah, I can tell you since Christmas I have had twelve cans of dark fruits and six cans of Fosters. Crikey! Which, I remember you which for me, me isn't a lot. Was it was it last week you were telling me that um, you had that crate of beer that you weren't meant to drink and then you just ended up drinking all of it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I'm not sure when pubs are open outside because I know in um. It's the fifteenth of April. Fifteenth of April. Yeah. Got it, that unlock. <laughs> yeah, because it's the Monday before I finish work. Because I know um, the fifteenth of April is not on Monday, is it? Yeah, because I finish on the nineteenth and that's Friday. I thought the fifteenth of April was a Thursday. Oh no, six. Oh no, it's the twelfth. Sorry, and I finish on the sixteenth. Yeah, the fi- the fifteenth of March was a Monday. I finish that's earlier ne- than I next thought. Next week, isn't it? Yeah, it's not not long, is it? No, and I've got a week off, so I'll have about a month left until I finish. I keep thinking that in three weeks, we'll be able to sit in Bella's garden yeah and have a couple of drinks right yeah i think three weeks doesn't make it sound like that long we've done so much three weeks isn't long but then i think about it and i feel like we've only just got to march right even though it's like the 9th of march i feel like we've only just hit march yeah and the when, when we're allowed to sit outside is the same week that april starts so when i put it in those terms it feels like forever you know yeah, it it does kind of feel like that, but at the same time, it does feel like January was yesterday. Yeah, what happened to February? That was I, Valentine's, wasn't it? Yeah, that. I don't think anyone paid much attention to it. But um, that'll be nice because I've I've not, I've not seen a lot of you for a while because I've been away. Obviously, I'm not sure to be honest how how much everybody's been seeing each other anyway. The last time I saw someone was when I last saw you. When was that? Because that must have been a while ago. It was just... It was either a couple of days after New Year's or a couple of days before New Year's. So, it's been a good oh, did we two get and to, a bit um, months. Did we get to Beacon Hill? Yeah, I think so. And it, and it was snowing, and we got to the top of it, and we spent ages and ages. So me and Harry, on top of this hill, freezing cold, Harry in shorts, because he always wears shorts, even if it's minus three and snowing. Yep. But we were at the top of this hill, we were looking out, and we saw that building, right? Yeah. And then we, we couldn't really figure out where it, what building it was. We had no grasp of what direction we were facing. So we spent ages and ages, and then eventually we got our phones out, and that didn't really help. We no. Like, we still didn't know what it was. What was it in the end? I can't I think remember it was u- I think it was a university building. It was either a university building or a hotel swimming pool. A hotel swimming pool? Yeah. Not a good hotel either, I'll point out. <laughs> it's a rather bad hotel. I've not been... I was going to say I've not been to a hotel in ages, but then I realised I went to a hotel like last July. Yeah, I last like... went to one in September. Where did you end up going? Uh, I went down to Bournemouth for work. 
yeah. I, I stayed in a hotel there a couple of times, which later um, the manager got stabbed. What of of the as in the hotel manager or the yeah, hotel manager? A couple of months after I uh, came back, the hotel manager got stabbed there. Crikey! Why did the hotel? What was it like a robbery or just? A, I can't just remember. An attack. I That's can't remember. Nuts. My my memory's like a sieve. I I was um yeah I was talking to uh my mate yesterday. We went on uh, a ten kilometer walk or something ridiculous because I've not seen them for quite a while. Yeah. And we were talking about last summer, and from about the end of Ju- the end of June, I came back from Leeds, and July, August, September. And half of October have just merged into one. Yeah, it. Ever since we've not been able to go somewhere, those days do just sort of all merge together. It, it's a weird feeling. It really is. Yeah. So, I saw some photos on my phone, and I was like, I have no idea when these were from. And I made my best guess. I was like, Oh, it's going to be late August. And I checked it. And it was like the first week of July. Yeah. I just because we just used to. First of all, we were doing quite similar things every day. And also, we were drinking quite a lot. Yeah. But it just kind of merged all into one. Yeah, it, it did sort of feel like every day was the same. Not bad days, just to clarify. They were really good days. Mm. But yeah. they were very similar. <laughs> it just involved... Well, mine was just waking up at about 1pm, 2pm, having a shower having something to eat, messaging you and a couple of other people at about five, six o'clock saying, do you want to go to the pub? And then half yeah. an hour later, we're all in the pub. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> mine wasn't far off. I was working some days, but other than that, pretty much the same. But I think you're on the conspiracy theory this week. I am. Aren't you? Yes. So this, so, so far we've had Pitbull and Paul McCartney. Yeah. Um, and I'm going back to I'm going back to a similar sort of thing we did in the first one. I'm going back to planes um, because it's not been long. Well, no, it will be in November, the sixty fiftieth anniversary of a hijacked plane. Um, and it, it's a significant one this one uh, because no one knows who the hijacker is. So this is DB Cooper. Uh, he yeah. he hijacked a Boeing seven two seven on the twenty fourth November nineteen seventy one. This occurred between Portland and Seattle. Uh, he bought a ticket using the alias Dan Cooper. Uh, he's known as DB Cooper because the news made an error when reporting it. Uh, it's just been carried over ever since. He asked for a ransom of two hundred thousand dollars, four parachutes, and to refuel at Seattle. That's estimated to be over $1.25 million as of 2019. The active investigation has been going on ever since. Uh, it was only suspended in July 2016. Some banknotes from the ransom were discovered in February 1980. Uh, and nothing else since, really. Um, 1980? 1980. It's like uh, nine, nine years after. Yeah. Um so the, the whole thing to sum up how it happened uh, he handed a note to one of the stewardesses saying he had a bomb uh, she asked to see it um, and she saw eight red cylinders which are similar to how TNT is um, so they refueled as requested uh, in Seattle he then requested for the plane to be flown to Mexico City uh, and very specifically asked for the aircraft to be set in particular settings uh, the pilot then informed him that the plane would need a refuelling stop on the way. Uh, he gave him some options and he, he just picked one randomly. And that's very important about this. He didn't specify a particular refuelling stop on the second trip. He could have gone for any particular route. He just picked one randomly. He just picked whichever would be quickest. 20 minutes into that flight, when taken off to go to Mexico City, the staircraft doors open. Uh, and about 15 minutes after that, it's believed he jumped. The plane landed at quarter past ten that night. Uh, DB Cooper wasn't on it. His tie and clip, as well as two parachutes, were left on the plane. 
uh, there were over 800 people initially interviewed um, who they thought were him, including some with the name D.B. Cooper who had a minor criminal record. Um, they calculated a landing area just south of Mount St. Helens. Big foresty area. So incredibly hard to land a parachute. Uh, it was raining that night as well, very windy. So it was hard to land. Uh, well, it's hard to see where it was going, never mind land it. Uh, and something that the bank took note of when providing the notes uh, was all the money had serial numbers. So it was very easy to be found. That's how uh, some of the money in 1980 uh, was found. It was 27 kilometres from the drop zone on a beach, um, which put the whole investigation off course. They initially thought it flowed one way from the river. It had gone, gone the other way. So it had put them off a bit. Um, but no one really knows anything about the guy. Uh, so, of course, it's been almost 50 years since. Uh, no one's been arrested for it. Uh, there have been multiple uh, drawings of what they believe him to look like to come out. Uh, it's believed he was a chemist or a metallurgist uh, because of some of the fragments found in his tie. Uh, or he could have worked for Boeing because of a very particular type of metal found. But some of the theories on how he disappeared are more interesting. It, it, this isn't as necessarily the funny ones. But yeah. it, I have, it's a very... Uh, actually interesting story to get your head into because you have to think he he knew where he wanted to go but he parachutes out midway on a flight path that he could not control so he didn't know where he was going to land because of that so yeah. as, as well as the weather and the landscape making it very difficult for him to land there was also no body or parachute ever to be found so if he did die when falling, uh, it would be assumed that he would be found in some context, whether it be a parachute, uh, body parts, clothing, some form. But, but because of the lack of stuff, it makes you think that he didn't. Exactly. So, uh, some of the theories behind it. Um, there's some theorise he hid in the stairwell. Um, so the Boeing 727 in the 70s uh, it didn't have an opening door on the side it opened uh, with stairs out the tail wing so it's thought that he hid into the side there uh, and then when the plane landed and all the police came to question the pilots the air stewardesses and etc he just slipped away which is entirely possible only thing sort of discrediting that is there was a uh, instrument panel on the pilot's deck that showed a uh, weight movement on the back uh, tail wing uh, when they thought he jumped which is when you can sort of guess the time when he jumped hence 15 minutes after I believe 20 past 10 um, another one is they think it was multiple people uh, so they think it was someone on the plane uh, who requested it only one stewardess saw him uh, so the pilots never really got a glimpse of him. One stewardess was in contact, and no passengers have been given that much detail about him, because of course you don't really take notice of someone unless you know, and no one other than the flight crew knew about him. Yeah, so. because yeah, because he, he you only pay attention when it's like concerning you normally. Yeah. Like the last holiday I went on, I won't be able to tell you who sat on the back middle row um, on the plane. So I can't even tell you who I saw on my walk earlier. Yeah, exactly. I couldn't tell you who's walked past my office window today. So, of course, no one really took that much attention of him. Uh, also believed it could have been the flight crew. Uh, a whole stunt pulled by them. Again, it's going on the same sort of theories. Um, no one would have taken that much notice. Uh, he never went off the plane when it landed for refueling uh, all the windows were down so no one was able to come in it was requested that the stewardess or the pilot take the money onto the plane so no police no intelligence agencies ever got a glimpse of inside the plane until it landed in Mexico City so right. it could have been quite easily have been some of the uh, pilots 
then it's thought that they could have, say, thrown the money out of the back, uh, which could have suggested the uh, fluctuations in the instrument panel. Could also explain why there have been fragments found. Uh, one of the bags could have split, a couple have fallen out. They may, may have never even found it. Someone just on a walk that night could have found it, picked it up, free money for them. But one of the most interesting ones, there was a book written a few years later called Ha 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 by someone called Arthur Cooper. Uh, and it was all sort of theorising what happened to this. Um, and sort of, I don't think it was quite novelising it. Um, but it was published independently. Uh, no one really sort of publicising it at the time. No one investigating who Arthur Cooper was. So it's thought to some degree that the person that wrote that book could have been the same person that uh, hijacked the plane. Well, he's taunting them. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. A bit, a bit like um, the Zodiac Killer taunts the police. Yes, yeah, that, that's another interesting one. Might might go on to that in the next couple of weeks. Because they recently solved another one of his uh, riddles. Yeah, because I, I, I saw I saw it, a picture of it. Of the riddle, yeah, and I have no idea what they were on about. To be honest, the riddles, uh, especially the way he wrote, were an interesting thing. Because uh, I read a book about, I think it's something like the Thirteen Great Unsolved Mysteries. So it included things like uh, Bermuda Triangle, Mary Celeste, uh, pyramids, uh, yeah. and it went into detail how riddles work. So you can have certain forms of code. Um, so a simple one's like uh, like a 3x3 three three grid, some with dots in, and eventually that will just form the whole line of the alphabet. But in certain cases, um, the way he wrote it, he used a load of different symbols. There was no way to possibly guess without doing it theoretically. So you'd pick... Uh, a common word occurring, you could match it with vowels, go off that, and eventually you'd get eventually get words. Um, and that's how the last one was cracked. I think the first That'd one as well. That'd be so frustrating. Oh, yeah, massively. That'd drive me insane. Yeah. But, yeah, so it's 50 years since this happened on in November. Nope, and they still don't know that much. They still don't know who he was, what happened to him. They don't even know if he's alive or not. Yeah. Do you, um... Which theory do you reckon is the most most plausible? I don't... I can see credit in all of them. Um, I think especially at the time, um, back in the 60s, 70s, it was a lot easier to get away with a crime. Yeah. So, if you go on the slim chance he had landed, and it, it was believed he could have, because some certain things he said, um, one of the parachutes he took, he was deprived of four parachutes... One was a training parachute uh, to be used only by uh, trained parachuters and he chose to t take that one, not any of the others. So it was believed he could have been a um, paratrooper from the military. Yeah, he could so, have been an ex-paratrooper. Yeah, so he could have landed it. And going on that, he could have quite easily just gone off and lived his life with that money. I yeah. think... It could have been the flight crew. What they um, they all planned it. Yeah. What and this and this guy didn't actually exist. Yeah, didn't exist whatsoever. Because realist, it makes the most sense realistically. Yeah, because if you're doing it off like, yeah, because what's what's more likely, you know, that's that's quite a um likely scenario actually a couple of them but to be honest you'd assume they'd um look at what the flight crew did after you know yeah like, I are think, they are they minted yeah i think it's the sort of thing at the time and especially everyone in the area and eventually the wider u.s knew what the serial numbers were so they're looking for the cash so realistically i think no matter what theory you take it's got a plot hole in it because even even if we write that one off, next one being, say, he did land, he managed to escape. Even if you were a trained uh, paratrooper, it was pitch black over a forest that he didn't know. He wouldn't have had a map. 
It was. Absolutely... Where would he have gone even if he'd landed? Exactly. And if you look at the forest, it's on the side of a mountain. It's something like 30, 40 odd miles of forest following a river that eventually goes out to. Uh, it's a very strong, cornered river, so it couldn't have even been. Uh, he swam down it. So he was. It would have been like just being plonked in the middle of the Yorkshire Moors, but not knowing you were there, pretty much. Because you can walk for ages across Yorkshire Moors and not see a thing. So, yeah. even if even if you go on the theory he did land, the massive plot hole there being is, how on earth did he A, land, B, escape, C, find his way out, D, oh, what did so he do with things. the money? Yeah, and what keeps throwing me off is that that the that kid found some money, was it? Yeah, it was. Uh, I think it was an eight-year-old. He was on holiday with his parents somewhere. Um, that that found, throws me off as well. Yeah, in the interesting thing with that is when it was found, uh, it was found on a, a sort of beach, e side of a river, um, and it had been. Um, they had sort of tried to landscape the beach. So where it was found, it was believed to be underneath the new sand. So they thought they could date it by that. Turned out it wasn't even in the area that it was. So where it was, because it hadn't been uh, eroded by the water, had to have been there pretty quickly after when he landed. So, uh, well, the, it had to be placed there. So you then have to start to think, did that fall out? Uh, did it fall out like when he was walking past? Did it fall out when he was coming from the plane? Did he bury it there, then come and collect it later? And no one really has any idea. And of course, new DNA can't really be taken, because all you've got is some cigarette ends, which later went missing. Uh, they, he left some cigarette ends on the plane, um, but it later went missing from evidence. They don't even have the cigarette ends anymore. See, that points to the... Um to the crew doing it it does but in that sense where would the cigarettes have came from yeah and then where what what how has the ransom money gone there it's just exactly. every time you think you make you think oh this one's a bit plausible you think about something else and you think well no <laughs> yeah there's always one thing that i'll pull down and say well you can't have done that so because i know that mount st helens erupted in 19 oh what was it was it 1980 and uh, something around that yeah that's I so. that's that's like the same area isn't it so yeah even if there even if there was some sort of evidence that would have gone i oh, don't no, it's just i don't think the eruption was that serious destroyed too much i think it was out of the way to be avoided by the eruption let's have a look but yeah it it was, especially if you look at the time, say it is the flight crew. A, it could explain why some metals from Boeing aircraft were found on it, because uh, it could have been, say, one of the flight, the pilots. Um, but in that sense, why wouldn't they have found any of their DNA? So even that, and the tire clip as well, um, that was found with metals from the uh, DNA of someone that hadn't been tested. I believe they did test all the flight crew for DNA, but they didn't even find it on the time. They found someone completely different who wasn't in the database already. Did they, uh, you know the, um, the, the stairs? Yeah. Did somebody check them when they landed? Uh, I don't, I imagine the police would have checked it. I don't think they checked it immediately. I believe they got, say, the flight crew off um, and the stewardesses and everyone. Because uh, I would imagine as they landed, they would have said um, he'd gone. Because they looked back afterward. They looked back, saw him putting on the parachute, um, turned back away. Then they looked again, he was gone. So I imagine when they were landing, they would have radioed the control tower saying, he's gone, please provide police or whatever. Yeah. So I imagine their first port of call would have been to get everyone off the plane so then they could make it a crime scene. So if, say, he had hidden in the stairwell, it's entirely likely that he could have gone out in all that kerfuffle um, and just escaped. 
I think, yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? Because like we say, you, you go down one route and you think, well, there's the issue of this. And you go down another and you go, well, there's the issue of this. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it was both the crew and an external bloke. But then even then, that's all a bit dodgy. Yeah, yeah. And even that, well, that is truly that is truly a conspiracy theory right that, there. That is one of the best. That and I think Mary Celeste, um, they're two of the best conspiracy theories there are. Because that is just so um, you, like there's not even like a a good theory that you know you know it's a good conspiracy because there's loads of different theories. Which means that they actually have no idea. <laughs> it's like having a leak in your house, and the selection of objects you have to block it are a sieve, a colander, a sponge, a dishcloth, and a straw. Some could work better than others. Ultimately, none of them are going to hold none the water. Them, yeah, none of them really work. Yeah, that's... um. You've hit that at the park, because I am just sitting here thinking... Because I'm quite a logical person. I like things being completed. Conspiracy theories, I love them because they annoy me. Yeah. Because I hate the fact that, like, especially, like, dead cases and that. Oh, I yeah. Hate that. yeah. I hate that I can't, like, know. Yeah. So that is just... I'm just sitting here baffled. Who is D.B. Cooper? Yeah. And the name... I'm not sure if we're the most qualified to answer that question. Oh, though, no, honest, definitely so. not. No, and even the name's a mystery. They don't even know where they got the name from. The only yeah. vague relation is there was a Canadian comic. Um, comic is in comic book, not comedian. Um, Dan Cooper. Yeah, who was a paratrooper called D.B. Cooper. Or Dan Cooper. Um, hence giving people the idea that he was Canadian. I mean, it was, his name wasn't even... Um... You said his name was even D.B. Cooper, was it? it was just... No, his his name, the name he used to buy the ticket was Dan Cooper. Then the news got the story wrong and reported him as D.B. Cooper. That's, an, that's a second time, isn't it, that the news is seemingly cocked up? Yeah. Because cause in this case, it went from Dan D. Cooper to D.B. Cooper. In last week's, they in America, they told everybody that Paul McCartney were dead. Yeah. I think that's... And, and this was a while ago. Both of those were 60s and 70s. Yeah. And and now with the internet and stuff like that, it things can just blow out of proportion. That's why you have loads of... Um, you have loads of fake kind of stories happening. Because if one person says something and everybody starts to retweet it and stuff like... Because I remember a couple of years back, uh, it was reported that Smokey Robinson died, right? Yeah. Yeah, and it's just it was just a lie. It's just somebody had said it, and then loads of people said it. Uh, even last week, I mean, Peter Lorimer, who's an ex Leeds legend, he um is in a hospice, so he's he's really ill. But one person tweeted it that he'd passed away, and then all of a sudden it was trending in the UK. It was like thousands of people had said he died and every all these RIPs were coming in and the family had to come out and said he's, he's not died which must be really upsetting yeah they, they did know. it with the guy from Art Attack a couple of years ago as well someone said yeah. that he died um, and he came out and said I don't think I'm dead yeah I'm not actually I'm not actually dead they also thought he was Banksy so <laughs> that would be very funny yeah, from Art remember, Attack to being Banksy. I remember Art Attack. He's in a rock Talk band, about, you know. What, the Art Attack guy? Yeah, yeah. He's a guitarist in a rock band. Because I know um, Banksy drew or painted a new thingy, didn't he? Yeah, it was on the side of an old prison, wasn't it? Was it Reading prison? Was it in Reading? I think it was either Reading or Ipswich, I think. Um, it, right. it was on the side of an old prison, and I remember it was in the style of someone else, or it taken inspiration from someone else. Yeah, escaped prisoner in Reading. Yeah. The escaped prisoner was said to resemble Oscar Wilde, who had been imprisoned in Reading prison. 
with the rope as tied together bed sheets with a typewriter attached to the end. See, that's pretty clever, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It, all of his work is very clever. It would yeah, be great to actually own a Banksy, but they are ridiculously expensive. They are ridiculously expensive. I remember that person, did they sell their house? Yeah, to well, try and was, buy it one. Was on, it was on sale anyway. I yeah. think his house was on sale, and it was like £300,000, and then Banksy did a thingy on it and it went up to like several million or something ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so Neil Buchanan from Art Attack was in a heavy metal band as well, so... So so was Slavon Bilic. He was in a rock band. I know. I had a, a teacher in my school who was in a rock band as well. There's just quite a lot of people that just... I suppose it's just music, isn't it? People like to make music, fair enough. Yeah. But anyway, that's conspiracies for this week. And you have nailed it. Good job, Harry. Thank you. Uh, I wanted to move on to... I w- I've been watching the Grand Tour recently, yeah, and they talk about dream cars and whatnot. And I was thinking, do you have a dream car, Harry? Do you have a car that you think, yes, I would like that car? How long have you got? <laughs> I, I could, I could yeah. go on for a while. Um, I think ultimately my dream car I would really like, and we get really specific here, I want a Morgan Aero Coupe in matte black with red leather interior, just because it looks really nice. Morgan, Morgan is still a um, still a thing, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, still making them. Came out, I think it was about twenty twelve, um, the one that I'm looking at. Um, other than that, I'd like a mini pickup, uh, the original on the short wheelbase, uh, in yeah. grey, light grey, not dark grey. I the the car that I really I just love to look at it right. But I'm not sure how it would be as driving is a 1967 Mustang yeah. in black. Because I just think it looks so cool. But then I think about driving it in the UK. And I think, is it is it like, I don't know. I feel like it might be out of place in the UK where it's dri- like rains. I feel like if I, if I lived in America, it, it'd fit in really well. Yeah. In yeah. the same way, I think Morgan is, is great in the UK, you know. Yeah. But then if you're if you're in like a McDonald's in America, you, it's just a bit, you know. <laughs> yeah, they, they get they get exported a bit to the continent. Um yeah. They but I think they only opened up a specific Morgan dealership in the US about 5 or 10 years ago. I think a better example is a um you know a Vauxhall Corsa. Yeah. Hate them. that in America that in America, you know. Yeah, that would not work. That's quite a British car nowadays. Yeah, even hear, even though it's German. E- even though it's German, but like owned by a think, French company. I've seen so many growing up. Like it was I just had a car one. that people got. I had ha- yeah. I had one when I went down to Bournemouth for work the first time. Um, I got a cramp because it was so small. I got a cramp in my leg driving down the motorway. And it didn't. You think about, it you didn't th- have cruise control, so I couldn't just put that on to stretch my legs. Oh, that's killer! Yeah, not having cruise control—that's killer. Yeah, so but you think I, you think um, I made sure to have the big car the next time I came down. <laughs> you, you think you think um, growing up in the UK, like when you hit seventeen, a bunch of people got a Corsa, right? Yeah, and. Then you think about America, and you think about like American movies. I know movies aren't a good representation, but you think about like American movies, or even I know some people in America, and none of them own like a Corsa. I don't even think that many own a hatchback. I think a lot of them, a lot of the people I know, are in like Washington State, Oregon, that yeah. kind of area. I have one mate who's in um, Texas. They they all practically own like pickup trucks. Yeah. Or yeah. like. SUVs and stuff like this, but I suppose it's all relative, isn't it? Because somebody somewhere like Washington is really like sparsely populated, and there's a lot of I don't know farmland and stuff like that. Yeah. So I suppose it'd be impractical to have a hatchback. Yeah. Whereas it's great in the UK, especially the mid. That's why the Mini became so popular because it was small and it was a, it's a hatchback and it was great. Yeah. Yeah, and I imagine pricing and insurance takes into takes into account an awful lot as well. Um, yeah. But you mentioned you don't know many people that have actually had a Corsa. 
what what was was a sort of one car that when everyone passed a driving license because i know certainly for me a load of my friends had um kia picantos there were a lot of kia picantos in the car park was a one I car saw... that like all of your friends had it was, like a massive chunk i'm not sure i know i know quite a lot of people got a ford right yeah but the car that i remember seeing the most out of any car was a fiat 500 yeah because there, uh, there always seems to be one car and this might yeah. just be across like colleges and things there's always one car that you have to see three or four people will have and everyone else will have something different there'll be three or four people that have the same car and they'll always try and park next to each other i just remember i just saw so fiat 500s are like You'd, everybody kind of knows somebody that owns a Fiat 500, right? Yeah. And it's normally... I saw... I remember a bloke got one in blue once, and I've not seen a blue one before. I see grey ones quite a lot, white ones a lot, and red ones a lot. But I'd never seen a blue one before. Yeah. Yeah, I saw I saw a lot of them. I, I, I did see a lot of, of Fords as well. I think I was... I had that... I still have that little Alpha, didn't I? And nobody, no. I think the thing I liked about it is that nobody else kind of had had one. And even though it wasn't the best car and it wasn't the most expensive car, and it wasn't even the nicest looking car, and there was a load of it wrong. Like I, I've not treated it the best, but there were already things wrong with it. Like yeah. The battery drains really easily, and stuff like that. And like. The, it, the ride height is ridiculously low, so you go over one bump and you hear it scrape at the bottom. Yeah. But I liked it, because of these faults, it had a character. Yeah, I had to I think... charge the battery on mine. I went to try and take it out last week, um, and it hadn't moved since uh, probably end of October was the last time I moved it. Um, That's what they say, isn't it? You're meant to take it out every month or what to yeah but where where do i take it nowhere's open um nowhere's open i can't go anywhere i know go go do donuts somewhere (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah i think the thing about cars is that if you have a perfect car right then then great if that's what you want and you're not really into cars then great but i quite like having a car that's got some flaws because it really it makes it into more of a person. Yeah. But I like the fact that my car scrapes the bottom and the battery's a bit dodge because it's just become part of its character. You know? Yeah. It's like my it's like my dog, right? My dog is not the perfect dog. He smells quite a lot. He's really, really like inconsistent. It'll be really energetic, sleep, and then suddenly be really energetic again. Yeah. He's he's got like a gold flash on his forehead. He's he's really he's a weird dog, but that's what makes him so great, you know? Yeah, you don't want something that's the exact same as someone else. And I think it relates to the po- the wider point that uh, ordinary is quite boring, isn't it? Yeah. W- yeah. Weird, like, all of our friends, even me and you, we just, like, we have certain things that are quite out of the ordinary, but that's why why we like those certain people. Yeah. Well, I, like, I don't, hopefully. I'm about as plain as paper. I mean, you say this, and that... Yeah, we we went on a walk, and you always wear shorts. They're and that's mental. And they're easy. Then, they're easy to find. Triple XL. It was size. minus four degrees. <laughs> you wearing shorts, but that's great. That's what I loved about like spending time with you. Is that you? You're nuts. Yeah, but I'm, in terms of that, I've got more fat than a pack of Harry Bows. <laughs> and you can drink a lot. And even though that's not that, really that's a, not a like, talent. Yeah, not a talent. It's just. It's just cool, and you really like Lego and trains and this stuff that is like not really normal for our age. Like, I, I the thing is, I, I like Lego, but not as much as you like Lego. Yeah, I but do. Like the Lego. fact that you're passionate about something that's not like so generic is just one of the reasons that we're really good mates. Yeah, I just, I just think that's. I, I'm not sure how we went from um favorite car to me just saying that you're a really good mate but you know we got here a compliment's a compliment because that was leading because this entire section was going to be on like your dream thing so i said i talked about the dream car and then i was was, now we're going to talk about dream houses right yeah so i've always kind of wanted uh, well 
for a long time I wanted like a country manor house, right? Yeah. And then I thought that that'd only be plausible if I had like quite a large family. Yeah. Yeah. And I I've I've slowly gone away from wanting quite a large family. Yeah. Because I don't know. I I I do really like people. As you know, I, I'll talk to anybody at the pub and I'll just come back with people that I've just met and you'll all be like, who, who is this? I was like, oh yeah, I just met them. Yeah. So I'm quite a friendly person in terms of that, but I do also quite like my space, especially like personal space, like sleeping. I, I actually really hate sleeping next to somebody else. Okay. Have you, I don't know if it's just me. I, I've always had a double bed, but I used to just have two pillows in the middle, like one on top of another. I got another two because I was supposed to be moving out. And I thought, since I've got them, I might as well have them on the bed. Do you find that you'll always sleep on the same side of a bed? Oh, yeah, I find I always seem to sleep on... Like, obviously I overlap to the middle a bit, but more to the left, kind of consistently. See, I'm more on the right. I I always find... Like, I used to sleep in the middle. In the middle of the bed. When I had two pillows in the middle of the bed. Now I've got pillows all across the bed. I'll just sleep on one side of it. Yes. Now I've got like four or six pillows. You go for it. It separates quite nicely, right? Yeah. Into like two and two or three and three, and at the end of the day, you don't put them in the middle. You choose. Yeah. But yeah, so I've kind of gone off having having a big country house, and now I'm kind of I kind of just want a flat, like a nice flat somewhere. Yeah. I just want a, a job that I'd really enjoy, which, which is coincidentally the next thing is dream job. And I, I kind of, I've, I used to think, I want to do this, I want to do that, I want to change the world, and I still kind of want to do those things. But I just, I'd quite like a job where I just get up and I want to go to work. Yeah, and I, I definitely know that feeling. Because I just, I'll. I did politics. I did one politics module last year that I really didn't like. Yeah. And when I had to get up to study it, I just felt like I'd I'd then procrastinate more and I'd just hate that I'd slowly start to loathe that day. But I feel like I just want if I woke up and I was like, yeah, I'm going to go into work. I'm going to see these people that I actually get along with and I'm going to do work that's meaningful and I will enjoy. I just feel like I'd be okay then. And then I'd have my football, I'd have my mates. And I feel like you, that is kind of a key quality of a dream job, you know, is doing something you love or something you enjoy. Yeah, I've, I've always kind of said I don't, I'm not bothered whether I have a job that pays loads. I just want one that would give me enough to live on and a bit more for just random stuff and that I enjoy. Which is one of the reasons I'm leaving finance so early. I know I don't enjoy it. Yeah, and there's no point carrying on in something if you're not going to enjoy it. No. I mean, you really love uh, radio and stuff like that, so why not? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, we're, sti- we're still young. I suppose the world is our oyster, so go for it. Yeah, yeah it's the exact not? reason I'm trying to get a job in it. It's not easy. It's a lot easier getting a job in finance. Particularly not the applications. They're a pain. <laughs> the the applications. Trying to find uh, one to apply for is equally just as bad. Applying for radio isn't too bad because they generally want a demo more than a big, massive sheet of what you can do. Um, but actually finding one in the first place, that's the difficulty. So if you have one, if you are a radio station looking for a presenter, <laughs> please send me an email because I will take the job. But I mean, certainly at this time, I'm, I want to find something full-time because I've got two podcasts, well, oh no, three in a month or so. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, I'm working on. What's this? Working on. What's it going to be on? Uh, this one for, with something else I'm involved in. Uh, so it's sort of business skills, entrepreneurship. Um, it's with an organisation across Europe that I work with, so I'll be more contributing to it than editing or producing it. Um, that's pretty. That's pretty but, cool. Yeah, another thing. Uh, Yes, I've got the these two soon three shows. Um, I've got two radio, radio shows. Show. Two radio. I, th- I know you have one on a Friday. Yes, I, I've, this is the first announcement. Will it be the first announcement? No, because by the time this comes out, I've done Friday's show. So on 
Wednesday of this week, after this comes out, so the... No, Thursday of this week, as it comes out. The 11th. Um, No, uh, Thursday of this going out. So on the... Oh, the 18th. On the 18th of March, from 5 till 6pm, I'll be hosting the Reggae Rundown on 382 Radio. Oh, yeah. You were talking about this. Reggae Rundown. I'm tuning into that, because I do tune in... To be honest, guilty. I don't tune in for the entire three hours on yeah, a Friday. Yeah, that's fair enough. I but don't I think do, I would. I often tune in for the first like hour. I'll tune in for the first hour. Yeah. And then I'll tune in for a bit of the. Um, normally, I have a guest on. Yeah, yeah. And I will tune in for a bit of it, but if I know that I just won't like their music, I won't find it as interesting. Well, not not like their music. It's just not really my taste. Yeah, yeah, I no, I understand kind of, that. But, like, from 7 to 8, it's just chill, like, quite chill. Yeah. And I'm chilling back and listening to you and Dan, and then afterwards, probably about quarter past 8, I'll then go, like, I know, or at 8 o'clock, I'll go watch, I'll watch the football and have some, like, gin, and it'll just set you up for the night, you know? Yeah. It's really, really good at yeah. transferring you from this kind of weekly grind to the to weekend relax yeah so it's a great thing too and that if you are interested in it there are a lot for anyone listening there are lots of internet stations looking for presenters so try and put yourself out there yeah because especially if you enjoy it yeah because well yeah don't do it if you don't enjoy it no, but, of course. but if you enjoy it you don't not everything's like about money or success or whatever because we know that this podcast will like not do that much no but it's that's not the point of it the point of it is that me and you like talking each week and we like talking about conspiracy theories each week it gives us something to do and we just we have a good time doing it yeah so there's so why not you know yeah Yeah. put yourself out there some people play football on the weekends some people go to the pub some people make stuff like this admittedly we probably would be at the pub we would be at the pub but We'll gloss past that. Yeah. Because to be honest, to be honest, this this podcast might supersede the pub. Yeah. Well, on on th- on, ch- on Tuesday nights anyway. Yeah. Because I t- I tell you, if we were doing it on Friday, I'm I'm probably be at the pub. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> but uh, we'll still I think we'd still do it if we're at the pub. And to be honest, it'd probably give us better content because yeah. we've we'll have seen because some some stuff happens at the pub, doesn't it? Yeah, you get some massive stories from the pub. Yeah, I've got I'm just some. observations. Yeah, I've got some, but I don't think you'd want to hear them on here. You definitely yeah, won't want to tweet them, see, hear them if you're about to eat. I can tell you that. Yeah. Well, maybe that will be a story that we leave for the pub. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But on that, we'll we'll round it up for this week. I think we should. And shall. and thank you for listening, especially if you got this far. Fair yeah. play if you've got this far, but. Thank you for for tuning in and we'll see you next week.